Trace Jackson Davis reportedly testing positive for COVID means that he has not been able to take part in the NBA Draft Combine this week. We'll look at what that means for him both the rest of this week for the Combine and how that's going to impact his decision with the timeline quickly closing in on today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers. You are Locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, May 19th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop. Everything IU Athletics, we have you guys covered daily. We're the only daily IU podcast. Today's sponsor is Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trace Jackson Davis did not take part in any of the measurements or the scrimmage portion of today's, or Wednesday's, I should say, draft combine. That's because he reportedly has COVID. Uh, he, his measurements didn't come through, which raised some eyebrows. Then the rosters were released, and he wasn't on any of them for the five-on-five scrimmage we talked about and how that could be an important um, time for him to kind of showcase his skill set. That certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. Uh, It turns out, based on a couple different reports from people, uh, Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, among those that sounds like he he tested positive for COVID last week. He was still on the list of people to take part in the combine. What does this mean for him? I'm not entirely certain. I would imagine he's probably, he, there's a good chance he's probably not even in Chicago, which is unfortunate. Uh, There's a potential he could still have been there, maybe doing some uh, meetings with teams or whatnot. He might have sat out of the measurement and the scrimmage part because. He tested positive last week and couldn't train and didn't want to pull any muscles or anything after taking a week off. Potentially, there isn't a lot of clarity on the matter right now. What it is is ultimately a pretty big missed, maybe not even missed opportunity, just a lost opportunity. Uh, I mean, first, as we look at this, the first thing is I hope he gets well. I hope he is well. It's always kind of weird to talk around COVID or make arguments around COVID because it's a very serious matter. And uh, so certainly I hope he he returns to full health and that is priority number one. But when you look at this uh, as it pertains to kind of what the situation he's in right now, yeah, it's a missed opportunity. This was a big chance, um, not even so much as the uh, measurements or the drills or anything like that, but just being there, getting to interview with teams, getting to take part in the scrimmage, um, things like that was a chance for him to get out there, show teams what he's capable of, maybe earn a couple workouts, draft workouts, uh, next week and get in front of some teams. Um, he won't have the opportunity to do any of that now. And there's still potential that he could take part in draft workouts uh, before June 1st when the deadline is, but it's a much smaller window now that he has to really impress teams. Uh, I'm sure the hope for him was that he could start at the combine, 
really kind of make a name for himself and then start kind of building up uh, some momentum and maybe working his way into the backstages of the draft. Now, though, that June 1st deadline is going to close in real quick. Uh, I would imagine teams are still going to bring him in, uh, but maybe not quite as many. We'll see what that process will be like. But uh, unfortunate news for him and frustrating news because uh, more than anything, as much fun as it would be to have him back in Bloomington next season, I want him to have success. And uh, the NBA is his dream, as it is any college basketball player's dream. And frustrating that this is the hand he was dealt this week. Um, but it's unfair, but I mean, a lot of what's happened with COVID the last couple of years has been pretty unfair. So hoping he gets well, we'll see how this, uh, maybe impacts anything, uh, in the next week or so as teams start to really have workouts and bring prospects, um, into their facilities and things like that. The NCAA, uh, shifting gears a bit, changed the rules for for college football in terms of uh, needing title games and uh, any division or any conference more than 12 had to have divisions, things of that nature. They made the rule change. I know about it. I don't want to ignore it. I want to dedicate a whole show to it uh, tomorrow and Friday, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a lot about scheduling because this very much could be the end of divisions something that was already being thrown around a little bit uh, in conversations with Big Ten folks and ADs. It was already something I planned on talking about. This latest news is more reason to. So we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, I wanted to not only dedicate a whole show to that, but I've been telling you guys we're going to talk about potential breakout players for uh, the football team. I didn't want to delay that any longer. So we're going to talk about uh, that today. We'll talk about all the scheduling stuff on Friday's episode. And on that note, I mean, who I, I have a couple of interesting picks, I think, for guys we're going to start offensively who could set themselves up this offseason, a big offseason for a, a breakout in fall camp and potentially a big season next year. Before we talk about that, though, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for, your, for all your betting needs and sports info. Uh, they are our sponsors of today's show. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even more, or even NFL futures, I should say. The Heat take on the Celtics in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. We've been talking about that um, with regards to Victor Oladipo and how he's performed. The Heat are favored by 3.5 right now on Bet Online. I would take Miami in that, um, especially at home. Marcus Smart sounds like he'll be returning for Boston in game two, uh, which is a big boost for them. But I'm taking Miami at home in that one, hopefully on the back of a Victor Oladipo big performance. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, whether it's live betting uh, to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. While Trace may not be at the NBA Draft Combine, we guys we have you guys covered. Make sure you go check check out Locked On NBA Draft Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leaf Thulin 
giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft with mock drafts, player rankings, and obviously big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Best way to support us is to subscribe to us over at YouTube. Leave a comment down below uh, with who you guys think could be in line for big summers for the uh, football program. We're going to start on the offensive side. For me, it starts with um, kind of the first name that we're going to think about or that you think about with a, a college football team. It's a quarterback. I chose Jack Tuttle. He's in a really interesting position this offseason. In the previous offseasons, he's never had a it's never really felt like he's had a, a true shot at the number one spot. It's always been Michael Penix's uh since his freshman season when he uh was the kind of highly touted recruit that was turning heads. It was always Penix's job. And it was if Tuttle was gonna play, it was because Penix wasn't healthy enough or wasn't um, recovered from his injury, things like that. This offseason, Jack Tuttle has as good of a shot as anyone at that number one quarterback spot. I think it's ultimately going to come down to him or Connor Bazelik. Uh, we'll see how that plays out, but Jack Tuttle has a wide open shot at that number one quarterback spot. So uh, I think he could be, in, if he has a big offseason, he could be in line to earn that number one spot. There was nothing cleared up about who was going to be the number one guy during spring practice. And boy, it should have been, it would have been great to have a spring game to see the two guys going presumably against one another. Uh, another reason to be annoyed at not having a spring game. We talked about that um, in past episodes. Tom Allen's reasoning for not having a spring game, pretty weak reasoning. You can go back uh, and find us talking about that. But Listen, Jack Tuttle has as good of a shot as anyone to nail down that starting spot from day one. If he has a big offseason that leads to a big fall practice or some big fall practices, he could he could win that spot. It's up in the air. Realistically, there's any number of guys. Donovan McCauley is potentially a dark horse in that as well. Uh, We'll see who's able to nail down that spot. But Jack Tuttle, I think has as good a shot as anybody he's familiar with Tom Allen. I know the offense has changed, but he's familiar with a good amount of his teammates, just familiar being in Bloomington, being around the program and things like that advantages he will have over Connor Baselick. So uh, I think he could be the one in line for a big off season, a little bit of a outside of the box guess. I think um, AJ Barner, is another name I picked tied in who he he's going to return. I know he didn't, he didn't play much last year and you probably mainly only remember him for his uh, long catch against uh, Idaho uh, where he, I think it was a 76 yard uh, touchdown. If I recall correctly, it was so 76 of his 162 yards last season came on one play and yet he's the second leading returning receiver uh, along with Javon Swinton uh, to this year's team. So Barner is going to play. He is going to step into Peyton Hendershot's shoes. We've seen how valuable a tight end, a good tight end can be to um, 
an offense in general. We talked a lot last year about how valuable Hendershot was, and he probably was. I don't think this is much of a hot take. He was probably IU's best offensive player last season. Um, that's a low bar, though, even if it's not a hot take. Uh, there wasn't a lot of um, success on that side of the the pit or the field last season, but um, Barner's going to come in. He's going to have lots of opportunities. Again, another guy that has some experience. Um, he is now honestly one of the veterans of the offense, despite um, not even he only play or he only caught fourteen passes last season. And that just kind of goes to show just how. I don't even know how little we know about this offense next season. Like there's so many new faces, Um, but for all the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks that they brought in, they didn't really bring in any tight ends, not in the transfer portal, Uh, a couple recruits, but that's going to mean Barner's going to play. He has some big shoes to fill with Hendershot. If he has a big off season could lead to him stepping into that role. And it's going to be, Really, really flat out, you're not going to be able to replace Hendershot. He's probably the best tight end in IU football history. You're not going to replace that, but if you can um, limit how much of that is lost, uh, it could be a big season for Barner. Last name, really names, that I'm going to single out. There are any number of offensive linemen that you could pick primed for a potential big season. Offensive line was a mess last year, and they returned most of the people from that, which means there should be a lot of shakeup and a lot of changes because you cannot simply run it back after how bad that offensive line was last season. So there are any number of names you could point out that could potentially have a big summer, play well in fall camp, and become a starting member of that offensive line. There's three names I singled out. Uh, Zach Carpenter, the transfer from Michigan from a couple years ago. Uh, All these people are more not necessarily new to the program, but people who are a little bit younger and perhaps haven't been a part of the kind of rotation, guys who could step up. Uh, Carpenter somewhat has, but um, he's still just a redshirt junior and someone that Again, with a pretty decent summer, I think could move into that starting unit. Also went with Cam Knight, a redshirt sophomore out of Noblesville, who uh, another name that uh, you might have heard of, a little bit younger, someone that came in with um, a a little bit more, I don't want to say he was highly touted, but he was a notable recruit. And... Last one is um, Khalil Benson, a redshirt sophomore who's 6'6", 307. That is pretty much prime um, size for a tackle. So those are just three names that I, um, I, I know that came in with some maybe fanfares a little bit better, but not even that, just some guys that had some promise to them that are younger, that are developing that uh, perhaps now that they have a couple years under their belt and the opportunity is there for them to have a big summer come in. And I feel like that offensive line is going to be 
it should be a wide open competition because nobody earned a guaranteed starting spot after last season. So I could see any number of those guys stepping in and anchoring down one of those spots moving into next year. As many questions as there are about the offense, there's a lot more certainty on the other side of the ball. So it leads to some uh, interesting picks that I made for potential breakouts defensively. Before we dive into that, let's talk about Built Bar. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean, one of my favorite things to do, and get some protein in it. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff has taken protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. If you guys haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, I'm really not sure what you're waiting on. Puffs are chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bars. That's right, delicious-flavored marshmallow-covered and 100% real chocolate. The 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick, excuse me, perfect pick-me-up for any day. All built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, you can't state that enough because that is a game changer for them. That means you can eat uh, healthy and you can actually enjoy doing it. They're also made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, provides ton of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Head on over to built.com to get those brownie batter puffs right now. Once you guys pick those out, maybe a couple built bar flavors as well. Use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. There's, again, quite a bit less uncertainty on the defensive side of the ball as they're returning a lot of pieces, and they know who they are quite a bit more than the offense does. There wasn't a complete revamping. There's a lot of veterans that are still back on this defense, whether it's Cam Jones, Jalen Williams, um, Taiwan Mullen, De- uh, Monster, um, And there's a lot more just, again, certainty and um, awareness of what they can be that it made it a little bit different to pick out some names. So first name that jumped out the moment I thought of this is Noah Pierre. Uh, He's someone that he's he was a cornerback last season, made some big plays, had the interception against. Uh, Michigan State, when everything seemed um, done and dusted and IU was going to lose once again, it was Noah Pierre who picked it off, I believe, in the end zone on a bizarre decision by Michigan State not to just run the clock out. Um, He picks it off in the end zone, gives IU one more chance that they stunningly just squandered. Uh, But I'm sure that's where most of you guys remember his uh, name from. He moved from cornerback to that Husky position that is so unique to the Indiana offense. And he was someone that was singled out by Tom Allen as kind of a standout in spring practice. He's going to be able to play multiple positions. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's your starter at the Husky spot just because there really isn't anybody else that's tabbed for that. Um, Potentially someone else we're going to mention here 
in just a minute is a name that could uh, move over and play some time there. But um, Noah Pierre is someone that has the experience from last season, um, is moving to a new position where it's a wide open race. Um, Like I said, there's no like clear cut favorite. I don't think right now Marcelino McCreary ball is gone. He anchored that position for so long. Uh, there was no like player in waiting. So that's why they moved Noah Pierre to this spot. If he has a big summer, comes into camp and builds off this big spring as well, uh, he could really solidify his spot in that defense as a every down, every game starter. The other name that is really intriguing to me is Deshaun McCullough. And I'm sure everybody knows who that is. If you don't, he was not only the top recruit and the best recruiting class Indiana has ever had. He's one of the best recruit recruits Indiana has landed point blank period. Um, and he's going to come in. It's going to be really interesting to see how he is used because you don't like, obviously freshmen don't play as much true freshmen. That is in, um, in football as they might in basketball. And that is that there's a chance still, I guess is the best way of saying that there's a chance he could still play, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how Indiana uses him because he was 75th nationally uh, in 247's composite rankings, a top 100 recruit coming to Bloomington. Uh, He was listed as a safety, uh, as a prospect, which is why he could potentially play that Husky spot. But on IU's roster, he's listed as a linebacker, which I think is probably where he's going to play. But he's a versatile player that could nail down a number of spots. And that might be the um, the best way to use him is to plug him into a couple different spots and let him get some of those reps. I, he's going to play. He's going to see time this year. It's just a matter of how much. Um, I mean, if you're looking at linebacker, there's obviously a hole left by Micah McFadden. Um, you're never going to replace the production Micah had last season, but you got to replace the minute somehow. There's not going to be one singular person that's going to do it. I would imagine coming into the season, McCullough is not going to be the starter. It's probably going to be Bradley Jennings, the transfer from Miami, uh, nailing down that spot. But it's not impossible that McCullough is able to do that. Uh, he's a he's a special prospect. I mean, there's not a lot of guys who could come in and play a couple different positions like that. And if he has a big summer, uh, if he has a big fall camp, he's going to earn more and more minutes. And going to be interesting again how they use him how much they use him uh starting out this season i think the better he the better summer he has the better um fall camp he has the more likely it is that he's going to see time right away uh right out of the gate for these hoosiers and being from bloomington and having that familiarity of being around the program i believe he enrolled in january he has a leg up. And so we'll see if he's able to turn that into playing time right away. But um, 
it'll be interesting to see just how much he plays because again, freshmen typically don't play a lot, but McCullough is not your normal freshman and IU isn't your normal college football program. Um, at a place like Alabama, somewhere like that, Ohio State, McCullough probably doesn't play a ton his first season. And Bloomington, I think he's going to play a fair amount. We'll see just how much based on the season he has. One last name that I um, that I wrote down is a transfer, Miles Jackson. Uh, he is someone that is a very intriguing type of talent. He's from UCLA. And he's someone Tom Allen, again, mentioned specifically when talking about spring practices because he is he's someone that IU doesn't have a lot of. He is one of only two players listed on IU's roster as an outside linebacker with Alfred Bryant. Um, he is someone that certainly can r- rush, get to the quarterback, play that athletic type of linebacker, speedy type of role. But that isn't really a position that's always available for Indiana. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they adjust a little bit of their defense, whether he plays linebacker, whether he plays on the defensive line, whether he gets some action uh, in blitz packages where he can blitz from that linebacker spot. There's a lot of different ways you could use him. Biggest thing that's held him back is injuries. That's why he didn't see a ton of playing time at UCLA. And it's why he kind of needed a change of scenery. So if he can stay healthy and have a strong summer, he comes into fall camp already. Again, he was somebody that Tom Allen mentioned by name as having a good spring camp. If he can build off that, have a strong fall camp, then... Uh, that's more ways that IU can attack things defensively. If you have someone like that, could play a number of positions, whether it's linebacker, whether it's a rusher uh, on the defensive end. He's a he's an interesting and versatile player, and IU is going to have a couple guys like that with McCullough, with Jackson, with all three of these guys. Noah Pierre as well are guys that can play multiple positions, and that's going to create an interesting dynamic for their defense this season is having some of that versatility. So any number of these guys could really establish themselves or potentially all of them uh, with the big offseason, set themselves up for a breakout year. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk about scheduling in the Big Ten and what these changes mean, whether we're going to have divisions moving forward, hopefully not, and everything related to that. Now make your second listen, Locked on Big Ten. I was on there today uh, talking about that coaching list that we discussed with Tom Allen was on. Uh, The whole list is out. We talked about every Big Ten coach on there, who was too high, who was too low. So go give that a listen, me and Nate Dickinson over there on Thursday's episode. Appreciate you guys um, subscribing, following everything of that note. If you haven't already, head on over, subscribe to the podcast, leave a quick rating and review. Helps us out a ton. Most, most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific, terrific Thursday. And LEO.